A one, a two, a one, two, three, four! Music at a rational volume. Hey everybody, thanks for clicking your button for the Music at a Rational Volume podcast. Kyle's long there. Yeah, oh, I'm longing over here. Yeah, I'm all right. I got a little drink here, so I'm good. All right. Uh, Kyle, tonight, what are we going to do? Tonight, we're talking about one of the great states of the U.S. of A. It's the great state of Tennessee. Tennessee? Yeah. There you go. They don't make music in Tennessee, do they? Uh, they make a lot of music there. But <laughs> this is the big rub we had this week was... Which of these artists are actually from Tennessee? Because there's a lot of people there. I mean, I know Todd Snyder's there. We both love him, but we know sure as crap he's not from there. So couldn't put him on. We did go around and around with uh, who is and who who ain't. And for any of you guys out there who happen to be or were ever in Jason and the Scorchers, I fought for you. But, you know, (laughs) there's maybe a couple of Scorchers the Tennessee area, but Jason certainly is not. And so, um, you guys were passed up. Yeah. We, we we kind of landed generally, and obviously there's always going to be exceptions and always going to be weird cases. But, um, if you're Voltron, you can be from wherever you formed, but if you're He-Man, you're going to be wherever He-Man's from. Who cares where anyone else is from? So, it's Castle Grayskull all the way. So, yeah. for yeah. real. Who, those freaks from wherever in Eternia. Who cares? Yeah, nobody really cares about the rest of them, so. Yeah. Man at Arms. Who cares where you're from? Worst character name ever. <laughs> they have some that? bad ones in He-Man. I mean, even Skeletor. I'm like, on the nose. Doesn't have a skeleton face, so. You yeah, know, a skeleton face and then super steroid ripped body. But anyway, he was like blue gray. It's a cool color, but anyway, neither of those are from Tennessee either. As far as we they, can tell, they are not from Tennessee. now. my dad was there. He invented it. He was from Tennessee. I don't care. Talk about music. <laughs> not the point. But before we talk about music, <laughs> let's, let's run some fun facts about the state of Tennessee. Do it. I know it's like 16th biggest state or all that. who cares some interesting facts though the tow truck was invented in tennessee in 1916 or 1913 depending upon which of these fun fact pages you want to believe i um, want to believe neither i want to believe 15 okay 1915 it is so saith nate um graceland is in tennessee of course that's Elvis presley's house where he lived and eventually died and is buried second most visited house in the united states next to the white house some six hundred thousand people go there every single year so what would what would it take to get you to graceland if i was in town i would go right so so if you were there for something else you'd hit graceland yeah i don't see why it's memphis right okay yeah well i think it's outside yeah but yeah, I think a lot of these people, I think a lot of these people, that's why they're going. They're going thought, to Graceland. But that is like 2,000 people a day, you know, roughly. Yeah. 
That's a lot. Yeah, they hadn't, uh... So they shuffle you in and out pretty quick. I think there's parts you don't get to see and blah, blah, blah. Oh, but you can do, you see the grave where his middle name Aaron was spelled incorrectly. But <laughs> do you get to see the gold toilet? I Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. You know, you probably get the entryway in the jungle room and whatever, but, you know, the driveway cemetery and they're sure as crap had better be a gift shop. Oh, I bet there is. I can't. Merch. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe there wouldn't be. So, yeah. But anyway, um, let's move on with Tennessee. Some other cool stuff about that. Something called fairy floss was invented there. What do you think that? We now know that as cotton candy. So good on you. I, I was going to go to the lingerie um, you know, direction. That could be something not to call now, but <laughs> we digress. And, of course, anybody who saw Castaway knows that FedEx is from Memphis. They ship half the ground packages in the United States, at least, and probably gaining every single day. So good for them on that. Um, Music-related, Grand Old Opry's have been broadcasting a radio show since 1925. Longest-running show in the country. And, Nate, some of your favorite celebrities are from the great state of Tennessee. Samuel L. Jackson. Some of them, yeah. Just some of these. Morgan Freeman. I know you love him pretty much more than anything. Aretha Dolly. He narrates my life. I think he can say that about most people. And, of course, (laughs) Kathy Bates, who has not been in a movie since 2001. But she's from Tennessee. Cool. That's about it. And we also discovered there's some music there. There is some music there. And not all of it are transplants. People were actually born there and made music. As best we can tell with these. (laughs) So we did go through this pretty well. um, But, you know, we just tell us whatever the internet tells us. So, as far as we can tell. You know, a lot of the bands, like, this band is from Nashville. And you're like, I, I, I don't care where the band is from, necessarily. Um, you know, like as we discussed, like you know, I want to I, I want to know where Jason's from. I don't want to know where the Scorchers are from. Yeah, right now the Scorchers are writing you a very evil, <laughs> angry letter. We'll get to you. We were every bit as important as Jason was. You have no idea what we put up with. <laughs> Just put it this way: you're going to get a much larger <laughs> slice of the show on the Illinois show than you are on the Tennessee show. I, I guarantee you guys, when Illinois comes around, I'm going to represent. So <laughs> don't even worry about it. But for now, Nate, who do you have first in the list of the? Well, let's kind of let's kind of break it down a little bit. Uh, everybody knows Nashville. Everybody knows that's the kind of country music mecca. Also, a lot of other kinds of music being made there. Lots of musicians. Lots of musicians from other places. It's also the capital of Tennessee. Also but. The Anyway, and a lot of people having kids there, you know, on their musical journey. So those kids grow up, make music. There you go. There you uh, go. Mem- Memphis, we just talked about, obviously a hotbed, uh, and then kind of a, I don't know what to call it, a uh, an outlier, a dark horse, Murfreesboro. I don't know how to say that. There's an extra R in there that I don't know how to Murfreesboro account, account for. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. We're doing the best we can. No offense to anybody from Murfreesboro. But obviously, you awesome. know you know how to say the name of your town better than we do. 
Sure. Uh, hosts several music-oriented events annually, such as the Main Street Jazz Fest, uh, presented by Middle Tennessee State University's School of Music. Nice. Every May. Uh, it's largely hotbed because of Middle Tennessee State's University's large recording industry program. Oh, uh, cool. The okay. city has fostered a number of bands and songwriters. So, yeah, a, a few of the, the, the ones I really like are kind of college bands from MTSU, including the first one, a little band called the Proto Men. Kyle, please tell me everything you know about the Proto Men. Um, Nate puts them on my mixtape sometimes. <laughs> so to me, now I'll let you get into the, the ins and outs of them, but okay. I I don't know. It's kind of like Weird Al, and like people say, "Oh, he's a joke band." You know, yeah. I think what these guys take the joke really seriously, though, because they. Well, I don't think it's a very, joke to them. Yeah, they got a very '80s centric sound that they've purposely um, uh, worked to to uh, to emulate, and they yeah. do it pretty damn well. <laughs> it's a it's an anthemic. 80s um what's the you know like meatloaf is kind of that pantomime like yeah it's a performance it's not it's not just a bunch of sweaty dudes making noise on a stage oh no it for is sure a, it's a production it's over the top and um that's kind of what i love about them they have produced whole albums um sort of musicals based around characters from Metroid. <laughs> Which, you hear that and you're like, that's gotta be a joke, right? It, they do not, they do not take it as a joke. They, they are serious musicians. Well, it kind of reminds me like Coed and Cambria do. They've all of their stuff is based on some kind of science fiction stuff too, which I don't, pretend to understand but yeah all of their stuff is is based on kind of one sort of theme and i thought oh that's weird and interesting <laughs> I, yeah i don't know the um the sticks of it all um i, I don't really love the uh i guess rush what was it 2112 mm-hmm. kind of based around these kind of i guess whatever you need your inspiration to be whatever story you want to tell is you know, fine. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> uh, let's see. In 2009, lead singer Panther stated, we basically gathered up a lot of our good friends from the local rock bands of Murfreesboro, tied ourselves together and tried to walk. And somehow it worked. At the time, we noticed a void in rock and roll, a hole that could only really be filled with grown men and women painting up like robots and playing some fierce and furious rock and roll based on a 1980s video game. We were fairly certain no one else was going to fill that hole, but by God, it's filled now, and you can thank us later. Sure, this isn't a joke, though. <laughs> I mean, he goes by Panther. I don't think he was born, you know. Panther Octavius um, Johnson. You know, crazy don't know it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, his name's probably Carl, though. So, <laughs> a Panther, good enough. Yeah, I mean... What kind of stuff do you put on here? I noticed they did have a whole album of covers as well. They did. I put up uh, my favorite, kind of the big... You you would struggle to be able to justify anything as a hit. Uh, But their song called Light Up the Night, 
it's just big and over the top and I love it. Um, I put on a cover of in the air tonight by, you know, Sir Phil and then uh, princes of the universe by queen. Like the, the covers of these two songs are interesting and kind of unique and yeah, just uh, a good listen. Well, the Prince of the Universe is a little too close, I think. I mean, it's they're very faithfully done. These guys are really talented who are in this band, but you know, the Queen you one think so? obviously is better. But Light Up the Night, yeah, that one's great. That should have been on one of the like a Rocky Three soundtrack if they had made it back in the day. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of that it, you know it really does. It belongs in an eighties. Um, hero story yeah some kind of 80s soundtrack in one of the montage or something like that it's one of those kind of songs that you're like man it seems like i've heard that before karate kid who cares yeah kind of been in karate kid three for sure (laughs) technically Uh, that was 90 nobody cares anyway close enough nobody cares at all (laughs) let's see do i have any bands on here that i want to talk about probably gonna steal some of yours actually i don't know i just i just made the list so you know we can bounce around if you want um let's talk about big star let's do one of the biggest bands on here at least as far as the rock kids know big star obviously and very famously from memphis hugely influential band yes although they 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 touched a lot of a lot of good bands to come they made three records that nobody bought. So <laughs> you're not I wrong. Mean, they they really didn't sell at all. And the only reason I know about them is because the replacements wrote Alex Chilton and they would talk about them and other people. And so a big star was started by Alex Chilton. He was in a band called the box tops. They had a number one song on billboard in 1967 called the letter, which was huge. And if yep. you listen to it, you're like, that kid was 16. He has a deep voice. Anyway, he meets up with Chris Bell. They form Big Star with Andy Hummel and Jody Stevens on drums. They make their first record called Number One Record, which wasn't that exactly. <laughs> and then there was some fighting in the band, like actual fist fighting in the band. Oh, wow. Yeah. Chris Bell quits. And the band broke up, and they would do this a lot. They the other guys get back together, record a second album, Radio City. That also went in the crapper. And then uh, Andy Hummel quit, and the band broke up again. And then, of course, Chilton and Stevens, they go in to make their third album called Third or Sister Lovers or Third Sister Lovers, whatever. <laughs> that thing also went in the toilet. And then they finally broke up. Yeah. And then Jody Stevens, you would hear later on, he played drums for the Golden Smog for a while, Minneapolis Supergroup. But. A bunch of people, Lucero, uh, Jim Blossoms, Wilco, Whiskey Town, they all name Big Star as a big influence. So, yeah, I, some of their songs are iconic and have reached kind of this cult status. Yeah. Which I find really interesting for a band that struggled to make three records and struggled to stay kind enough to each other to suffer through these productions. Like, I. It's just amazing that they produce that much good stuff. I mean, looking through the history, it's amazing they produce anything at all. Yeah. I know bands break up, but man, these guys were, had people falling off after every record. And they weren't doing huge tours, obviously, because the records yeah. weren't selling. But I have never once to this day 
heard any of their songs on the radio. Never. Ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In any place that I've lived, not on all these stations, not on rock stations, pop stations, ever. Yeah. But I've only heard covers and I've only heard them on soundtracks, which is yeah. kind of an interesting way to go. Well, and then, of course, for that 70s show, um, the uh, the theme song in the street done by Cheap Trick was a big star song. So, you know. We're all all right. We're all all right. All that crap. Yeah. That um, kind of got into people's consciousness again. So, speaking of that seventy that, show, did you know they're doing a a reboot slash uh, continuation? That ninety yes. show about their kids. That'll be interesting. I did hear about that. Obviously, they're not going to talk at all about that eighty show, which did not do well at all. <laughs> which sucked. Uh, next band I want to talk about is a band called Self. Again, another one out of Murfreesboro. Uh, some really good kind of power pop. Just a, I, I just love the kind of the fun of the sound. Um, they do a, a Doobie Brothers cover that Kyle put on the list, uh, which is kind of fun. Um, oh, I like this band a lot. I thought they were really good. Yeah, a, a lot of reminiscent sounds. It rem- reminds me a lot of Semisonic, a little Weezer. Yeah, to me, they sound there. a little bit like Supergrass. I can uh, hear the Supergrass in there, brand. for sure. Yeah. So good stuff, man. Fun, power pop. Uh, that Mahogany song, or Monogamy, I thought was really good. And Runaway, I liked a lot. And the Doobies cover, which I don't think is the easiest song in the world to play. No, that's kind of a, that's kind of a stretch. Yeah. yeah, I'm like it's it's way different from the Doobies, but you can obviously still sell tell it's that song. So right, I like that one a lot. Yeah, Self is a is one of those bands. I I had a couple of their songs for some reason, and I don't know how I came across them. Or obviously, I keep my ear out all the time, so you know stuff just kind of floats in, and I um, collect it. Big giant ears, but. <laughs> Well, Jerk. self. I mean, that's a stupid name. I mean, I'm, it is. How are you supposed to market? You're not wrong. That. That's just really, really difficult. Yeah. So. Um. There. It's one of a couple of bands that I, I think it's interesting on all these kind of state playlists that we do. The the ones that stick out from kind of the crowd as we go through that I've never heard of before. Yeah, like, this band is really good. Why haven't I heard more of them? And why aren't they making a bigger dent? You know, in you know, Montana, it's because they they <laughs> refuse to move out of state. Well, it's um, Montana. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma is because they weren't making the right kind of music, or they were making different stuff, or whatever. But these bands, you're in kind of, you know, a musical hot spot for so many things you know if they stand out to me they're going to stand out to other people and I'm, I'm not sure how they never um you know broke out as it were i was listening to a podcast this week with um matthew gunner or not matthew gunner gunner nelson got those <laughs> two tied together but um, they're twins are they they're twins and they live in Nashville now. Uh, tie in. Yeah, anyway, nice. but he was saying, as far as the music business goes, he's like, this is not a talent contest. Okay. Yeah. He's like, this is whoever plays the game, right? And he told some stories about, 
you know, different things on why certain people get pushed, why you hear people on the radio all the time, why people are in magazines and why they're, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. There's obviously there's some artists out there that we really, really don't like. We're not going to mention her name right now, but (laughs) every chucklehead that I know seems to like this particular quote unquote artist. And why is that person getting out there? Why are they always on the award shows and, you know, fashion stuff and, you know, all these things not related to music and other people aren't, well, maybe she was willing to do things that other people don't. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Who knows why? And, you know, popularity contests were always, you know, in high school, it was never the, the best or smartest person. It was always no. somebody who could play the game the best. So that yeah, makes total sense. Exactly. Whoever played the game the best. So, all right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about your friend, Roseanne Cash. We uh, My close her, personal friend, Roseanne Cash? Yeah, we put her uh, as being from Memphis, although she lived in California and a few other places <laughs> too. Texas, I think. Yeah. Houston this, area for a while. This was one of those. You had to pick someplace. So, yeah. You know. Close enough, you know, yeah. I think. So, so she is the oldest daughter of Johnny Cash's first marriage um, to, uh, to Vivian. Vivian. He was horrible, too. As far as husbands go, he was, he was kind of an ass to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> with her, though, he cheated on her repeatedly, including with, you know, Wholesome St. June Carter, right. who by all accounts was a sweet person, but still, that was one of them. <laughs> and that's in the movie and well documented. I mean, he was on drugs and drinking and he was gone all yeah. the time. But anyway, Roseanne well, came he, out of he it. He was the one that. Uh, or she was the one that he was married to when he first found success. Right. So that was kind of the thing was, yeah, she knew him before. And then yep. as he yep. kind of lived that rock and roll lifestyle, everything kind of felt a crap. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he has admitted. And since, you know, that that was mostly his fault, how that thing no. crashed and burned, but Not he sure. got together with June Carter and stayed with her the rest of his life. So that being that, Roseanne got this gene. She can write songs. Um, she can sing. And she writes her... books and stuff. Which is yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's but not she's... crazy that she writes books. I don't know. I mean, you've you've heard some of her music. How do you describe it? She's she's a little genreless. I kind of feel like, you know, she she does do some of the kind of country sound and stuff, but she also kind of delves into some other things that you're like, wow. Okay. I didn't know she would go near that. Yeah. I mean, that's, and we've talked a lot about that on this program before that, you know, we're not really into pigeonholing genres and stuff. So when I started getting into no depression magazine and stuff like that, she was in there a lot um, because she's not traditionally country, although she's had, I think 11 number one country singles and you know, in the eighties she was definitely put in that country camp. Well, it's Johnny Cash's daughter and you know, all that stuff. And obviously she used that name. So, you know, yeah, that can't hurt you, but yeah, some of her stuff's kind of folky, definitely has some alt country stuff, some jazzy kind of things. 
um, singer songwriter stuff for sure. And if you look at the people that she's covered, she does, you know, Bob Dylan, she's done a mm-hmm. lot of John Hyatt songs Yeah, and he's a lesser known singer songwriter, but known for just great songs, especially yeah. his lyrics. And so she seems to gravitate towards that stuff, but a lot of her hits she wrote herself. Yeah. I find so, it interesting, like, because, uh, you know, she is not the only daughter of a, a country star that we've got on the list. Um, but it, no. it's interesting because we'll get to her in a minute. But the, I don't know if it's a a rebellion necessarily or, you know, I want to be different or, you know, be seen as special or their own person. But I think I think they're smart to kind of go a different direction and and kind of try and carve out their own slice of it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, she has covered some um, some Johnny Cash songs, but a lot of stuff she was doing in the '80s when she got really popular was her and uh, her husband at the time, Rodney Crowell, mm-hmm. um, wrote and produced a lot of that stuff. So. Like I don't know why you don't want me. It's one of my favorite songs ever. It it's it's on a lot of lists of um, showcasing really great songwriting. So I've put it on a million playlists too. It's just one of my favorite songs of all time. The video's great. Everything. Seven Year Ache. That was a number one single for her. I like the version with Golden Smog. This was kind of a duet with her and Gary Loris which for some reason is not on Spotify anymore, but it is yes. on YouTube if people want to go see it. And then I put some other songs um, nice. as well. That'll be on the playlist. So, Yeah, the uh, the girl I was talking about, to uh, move it on, uh, she's the daughter of Leanne Womack and Jason Sellers. Um, her name is Aubrey Sellers. Uh, she's not making her mama's country. Uh, it's full of fuzzy guitars and... Interesting drum sounds, a little more rockabilly than traditional, but she is definitely following that kind of Roseanne Cash track of making this kind of country adjacent music. Yeah. But um, oh, I give her different. credit for that because this definitely doesn't sound like Leanne Womack at all. No. Not and in she's... the tone of her voice from, yeah. or the songs or or any of that. So. And she's got talent. Like I think it's clear that she can sing and um, put together a song and stuff. So she definitely does. It, for me, it's one of those kind of like the uh, Dolly Parton thing. I okay. don't care for the tone of her voice. That's just my that's personal preference. That's not sure. saying she's not talented at right. all. Yeah. Although she did do Wicked Game. I'm like Chris Isaac cover. I'm like, come on. <laughs> that well, that's th- a lot th- to take on. It is. Well, I think. That's more of a, here is where I want to take my career in this kind of a sound, this kind of a direction. Because um, a lot of her other stuff does sound a lot like kind of Chris Isaac Light. So, you know, whether she does it well or, you know, succeeds in hitting the mark all the time, I it's, you know, I guess personal preference in that case. But um but yeah. I appreciate that she she has a vision of who she wants to be, and and she's out there trying to get it. I do too. I think it's more of a bar band, but um, I, I like that she's not doing probably what the record company would have wanted her to do, oh, or sure. her manager. You know, 
she doesn't even have, she could have gone with, you know, Aubrey Womack. Right. You know, probably would have sold more, but it's like, no, nah, I'm going to keep the name I was given and yeah. I'm going to go out there and probably does play a lot of bars. Probably had to slug it out there a lot. Oh, I'm sure. So well, I think, maybe, maybe still is. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think the other element that um, we've mentioned is uh, modern country is not really very kind to female artists. And uh, not at all. They're looking for a very particular kind of image, a very particular kind of voice. And they want to, they want to mold them into um, a certain kind of thing where they give them certain kinds of songs. And I think she's just on the outside in, in terms of that. So I don't know if she's ever going to be ready to play or any other, you know, well, I think the crap they want to do now is very sexualized women. Um, the oh, bro sure. country garbage is very misogynistic and um, really old fashioned thinking and closeted crap. I don't like anything about that, but yeah. And I think she probably doesn't either, but Hey, you know, good music's good music. And so she would definitely, I think has a, uh, a market that she can find that's original and authentic and not, um, you know, uh, riding on totally. anybody's coattails. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So, you know, check her out. <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. Check her out. Aubrey Sellers. We got some songs on here and I think that's probably represents some of her best stuff. Yeah. No, I, I didn't spend a lot of time delving into her catalog or anything, but uh, there are a few that, that need some, uh, some spotlights and a little light shining on them. So there you go. Sweet. Um, next band I want to talk about is one called Royal Court of China. Uh, from <laughs> all accounts, they are from Nashville. Everything Washington says Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. There was a newspaper article that said one of those local bands, and it was a Nashville Times or whatever. So yeah. pretty sure they are. Anyway, they formed in 1984 kind of a hard rock band, sort of, I don't know, kind of like the alarm uh, mm -hmm. with REM sort of sound to them. So that was their first record. And two of the guys thought they wanted to go more of a hard rock sound. They okay. left and there are the guys that wanted the hard rock sound. They actually stayed. The other guys left. And so their second album was more kind of driving and crying sort of sound to it a little more okay. hard rock um but that record didn't sell either and then they kind of faded away <laughs> it turns out nobody cared yeah it turns out nobody cared either way but put two songs on there <laughs> um it's all changed from their first record and then half the truth which i absolutely love from their second record so i'm definitely gonna find that record there's a bunch of them on um, discogs but i'm gonna track those down because i think this band is really good Cool. Yeah, I liked the ones you put on there. I think, uh, again, I think with these state playlists, it's a it's a good place to showcase kind of a wide variety of what a state has to offer in their music. Yeah. And yeah, that's one of those that you, our dear listener, probably has never heard of before. So yeah, yeah they're, they're underrated. They're not on Spotify. The only thing Spotify has is uh very short live EP. Mm -hmm. I don't know when it's from, but um, it's got a couple of these, but YouTube's got a bunch of their stuff on it and you can go buy their physical media from back nice. in the day. So 
there's a lot of it out there. It's easy to find. So cool. Uh, I think I want to take a stab at one of my favorite discoveries from Tennessee. What do you a band called a band called the Features out of Sparta. Uh, Wikipedia page um, says they were in middle school together in rural Tennessee. Um, started a band with their eighth grade out of boredom. And they would cover acts like Camper Van Beethoven, Neil Young, and Guns N' Roses. I like Camper Van Beethoven. I do like... I like I, Except for Neil Young, I'm kind of with them. But that's a, that's a weird cross-section, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, people would say that about our playlist, too. So, like, like what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. You, you I, I didn't say I wasn't a hypocrite. And driving crying on the same playlist. I'm like, yeah, we can. <laughs> so, Do whatever I want. Yeah, I gave him props for that. Sure. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, and not to say that I don't do that, but, um, you know, those three things, you know, don't really, for most people, I think, fit in one sentence. I do have to say, though, immediately disqualification for them being featured on a Twilight soundtrack. I mean, they don't have control over that. But it was a big, it was a big movie, and it, you know they got a lot of exposure, and that's a good song. So no, it it is actually, but that those movies just suck the fat. Yeah, it does. you want to put in there, they're the, horrible. But yeah, to get uh, exposure, I think is a brilliant idea. Their manager was yeah. smart to get them on that. Interestingly, that song, I don't. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for that particular movie. No, but. You do see that a lot with soundtracks. You're like, what the hell is this doing out here? Yeah. It, it's not moody or mopey or glittery in any way. No, it's actually pretty good, which is <laughs> yeah. weird because yeah. that movie sucks so bad. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, the song we're talking about is called From Now On. It's a really good tune. Go check it out on the playlist. Uh, there's a few others. Temporary Blues. Uh, this Disorder, which I, I think might be my favorite of theirs. I mean, I, maybe that's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. And then the idea of growing old. Four really good tunes from them. One of my, I think um, I've had them on the on the playlist in the car for the last few days. Uh, just really digging all their stuff. So a good discovery for me. Uh, hopefully you uh, find some enjoyment out of it as well. Sweet. All right, dude, we're going to the big hitter now. My favorite, favorite by far on this playlist <laughs> is a guy named Will Hogue from Franklin, Tennessee. He I is do love freaking fantastic. I love everything about him. I've got a bunch of his records and it's real country music without being that cliched or corny or overwrought and boring kind of crap i don't know if they're real stories that he's telling from his life but they sound truthful yeah my, like with yeah. springsteen was saying that one time <laughs> they're like well are those songs real did your dad work in a fact he's like no i just made them up you got to believe them though right you got to make them sound believable so yeah if he had an, as many breakups as his songs would indicate that that's one sad bastard right there and he kind of seems like he sort of is. So, <laughs> I mean, it's song like Secondhand Heart, Goodbye, Goodbye, Ain't Always Gone. Uh, I get a big smash hit for the Eli Young band called Even If It Breaks Your Heart. You wrote oh, yeah. that. You record it. 
And then to prove he's from Tennessee, Jesus came to Tennessee. That's kind of a funny one. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard that. That's sort of hilarious. That kind uh, of goes in the uh, Todd Snyder vein of kind of right. funny storytelling. And then growing up around here is from uh, his greatest album. I think we've, I don't know if we've covered that on greatest albums of all time. Uh, I haven't done a Will Hogue record yet. Are you sure? Pretty sure. You probably keep track of this. Stuff. Who would know, Kyle? Me or you? Well, definitely not me, because <laughs> I'm just going week to week here. But I gotta look uh, it up. That's suddenly a blank on what that freaking album is called. I did find it interesting. He went to Western Kentucky University to study history, planning on becoming a high school teacher slash basketball coach. That's a that's a that's a departure, isn't it? <laughs> Are you saying because he seems short? Oh, teaching just, basketball. I would say, well, if you're from any state where they don't pay their teachers, you know that uh, your history teacher was a basketball coach, and that's why people don't like history is because basketball coaches suck at teaching history. Well, yeah, but I think he wanted to teach basketball to kind of supplement his income a little yeah, because, like you probably. say, they're not teaching, they're not paying the teachers that well. What do you do? Well, you realize you have much more songwriting talent and you leave school to become a musician. I think that's uh, the logical step. So the name of that album that I was talking about was called Small Town Dreams from 2015. We will be talking about it on one of the greatest albums ever created by humans on planet Earth. One of these episodes. But someday. For the time being, if you guys want to get a head start and do some homework ahead of time, Small Town Dreams will hogue. It will make your life much, much better. He makes good tunes. He just and if does. you're listening to this podcast, you probably need your life to be a little better. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's all I got to say. And Will Hogue, he's just great. I won't uh, I, I, I second that. Well, maybe not as strongly as you. I still like him, but yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> another uh, nice discovery, a band called The Katie's. Out of Clinton slash Murfreesboro, uh, Jason Moore and Gary Welch had been in a few other bands. Uh, the one that uh, broke up just before they formed this one, a band called One in a Million or Once in a Million. Stupid band name. I'm glad it didn't make it. Uh, Jason and Gary started this new band named after Jason's sister-in-law, which is kind of interesting. Why would you? I don't know. That seems weird. That does. <laughs> hey, dude, uh, your it's wife's like, got a nice you, name. Do you like Katie? No, I just like her. Why'd you name the band after? What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, I was just trying. It seems like it'd be cause problems. I don't know. The yeah. Katie's not a terrible. It's a lot better than a million worlds. That's just a stupid name. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's not terrible. It's a good band, yeah. though. So Yeah, a couple of, a couple of good Straight ahead rock and roll pounders is for you. The song called Drowner and Noggin Poundin, which I think is a dumb name for the song. It but, is. Uh, that's that's a good it's song. It's a good though. tune. Yeah. But man, then the name of it sucks. Is that band still together? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Any of these bands still together? No. Big Star, I think it's just safe. Definitely is not. I think it's just safe to assume that if they're on these lists, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Will Hogue's still around Roseanne Cash. Royal Court of China, definitely not. And Big Star, absolutely not. But anyway. Let's see. Katie's, Katie's, Katie's. What else do I have on here? Anything? Anything that I actually want to talk about? 
Let's talk about saliva. They're out of a town uh, called right. Bartlett, Tennessee. Um, I like some of their stuff, and I probably dislike some of their stuff equally as much. So they were formed in 1996, so they're kind of one of those bands. Um, so post-grunge. Yeah, if you think about bands that came out in 1996, <laughs> they're, they're kind of um, right in there with uh, everyone else. Yeah, so hard rock band, sort of new metal, and I say that in the fact that they do have some rap in some of their stuff. So they put out 10 studio albums. Their last one came out in 2018, so it's been a while. They are down to one original member, and it's not the singer. And (laughs) I don't know, man. I wrote this down here. If I was invited to an intervention for them, I would tell them, when you guys cover rap songs, it's embarrassing <laughs> because they are pretty good, but the rap songs are cringeworthy, it's and this happens a terrible. lot. Terrible, yeah. I mean, I, I get the urge to want to make a cover of something you love and pay homage to it and everything, but on the other hand, if you suck at it, you're actually doing more harm because <laughs> we're just like... The original is so much better. Why would you even try? Well, it's the same problem I had, you know, last week when we were talking about Hailstorm. You do too many damn covers. Yeah. I mean, their originals are really good. This band, um, they've got some good stuff. Their best song, I think, is one called Rest in Pieces, which was written by James Michael and Nikki Six of 6AM. It sounds like a 6AM song, actually, and I don't know why they didn't keep it for themselves. And that was a hit for them. And uh, I put another song called Southern Girls, which kind of shows their Southern roots or Southern rock or whatever. But I think when they stick to um, rock music, that's their best stuff. When they start doing new metal or rap, I, for me, it just, it's, it seems dated and uh, cliched and I don't love it. It seems to be tied into that post-punk new metal period. Yeah, post grunge. Sorry, I never really loved that kind of flavor. So I don't know many people who do. Yeah, for me, that's. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure there are because somebody was in high school then, and that is their stuff, and you can't tell them different. I'm like, I totally get it. Yeah, people who like that, the uh, metal from the, the late '80s, which I do. Other people dismiss it as you know cartoony and whatever. Yeah. Um, but saliva, I, I think they definitely have more talent and they should have more shine than, than they've, than they've gotten. So yeah, go check them out. If you, you like this stuff, you might like some of their other stuff. So <laughs> nice. Uh, quick update on the Katie's. They did break up in 2006, but eventually got back together in 2017 and made some new tunes. What they're doing at this moment, it doesn't really say. But their <laughs> their website, their website is still active. Um, so you know, if you can uh, if you can find them and go see them, you should do that. That's important that their website's still active because yeah. there's so many of these bands that we look we click on their official site and it's gone. And if their, their official site was a MySpace page, you know. 
Don't yeah. bother. That's last updated in 2005. Well, maybe they're not together anymore. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's like their Facebook page was last updated then. It's like, yeah, yeah you guys haven't posted or, anything in 20 years. You're probably yep. done. But yeah. What else we got? Anything uh, else you want to talk about? I think the last one I want to hit. I mean, there's there's a bunch of other like little bands and other little things, but uh, those darlings out of Nashville met at a Southern Girls Rock and Roll Camp, which I can't think of a better way to to meet some band members or uh, you know uh, they uh, what is that real? rockabilly. That's what so, Wikipedia says. So, oh, and it was in worth. Murfreesboro. So, yeah, well, where else would it be? Forget <laughs> Memphis. Why not? That's what we got to go see. Murfreesboro sounds like where it's at. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they start in Murfreesboro and then move to Nashville. I don't know. They probably got some good barbecue there, right? I don't know. I, why I, would, I would assume no matter where you go in Tennessee, it's going to be good. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, yeah, kind of rockabilly, kind of, you know, punky kind of a thing with some Southern stank on it. So yeah, I was good looking band. at them a little bit. Did we see them? Yeah. They opened for the old 97s on, I want to say it was the Too Far to Care reunion thing. Okay. All right. It might have been the one before that. I, I could be totally mistaken that, but. Um, I think that's the only one I saw, but I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I think they opened for Brian Setzer Orchestra at a Christmas show. Cause it was Did something you see him twice. I, man, if I did, um, I just thought they were okay, but they didn't like blow me away or anything like, Oh, I got to yeah. go buy all their stuff. So, but even though I know we saw them at least once, cause we saw them together. Right. Yep. That old 97 show. Um, they were probably decent. Yeah, but uh, they were not with it what you were there for, so well, yeah, Yeah, but I mean, still, there's been I've seen opening bands before, you know, Rustin Kelly comes to mind. I thought, wow, that guy's really good. I'm gonna blow up by his record at the show. Um, was that the Brian Fallon show we saw him at? Yeah, was that that same night? Yeah, yeah, where I kind of insulted him, and then, um, and I've seen him (laughs) subsequently a few more times, but uh, there's another band that opened for the Jayhawks in Minneapolis that I liked. Yeah. I don't think they were the alarmist. I can't remember offhand, but I bought their record at their show too. I just thought they were so good. But these guys uh, didn't really do that for me. Thought they were yeah. good. Yeah the uh, the ones I put on here: "Be Your Bro," "Night Jogger," "Red That Love." These are the ones that I like. There's a lot of their music I don't care for, but uh, talented group. They've got interesting, oh, for sure. yeah, things to say and some uh, interesting choices in their <laughs> songwriting so to say the least but yeah, yeah. um certainly not you're running the mill stuff for sure so no, if you like yeah. stuff that's a little bit more out there uh those darlings why yeah. not totally Don't like anyway you got anything right. left you want to talk about let me see here uh, probably not we do have other music we're putting on here but some of these bands uh either didn't look into that much or um just Juan the Biscuits. Oh yeah. Again, stupid name. Uh bunch of dudes from the 
Nashville area. I think they all move there, even though we're going to stick them on here anyway. They made one record, which is really cool. It's kind of like the, uh, to me, they sound like the Yahoos or, you know, Dan Baird, Georgia Satellite kind of thing. Sure. Um, but Tommy's on his own, I think, is one of the best things I've heard all week. I like that oh, one a lot. Right. So that's a good band. So check them out. That, that was more of a project um, <laughs> than a band. I think they yeah. made the record, maybe tour around town a little bit, and then went back to do stuff. But uh, nice. I think Will Kimbrough was in that. Am I thinking right? I have no idea. I want to say Will Kimbrough, who did production with Todd Snyder and a million other people. So, But it's fun if you like that kind of sort of uh, – Country rock, driving and crying, whatever, somewhere in that range. Um, nice. Yeah. Cool. Listen to that. Um, there were some honorable slash less honorable mentions. Uh, we we didn't do a lot of the big bands and artists. Uh, Paramore out of Franklin, Tina Turner out of Brownsville slash Nutbush. Nutbush. Aretha, Frank- <laughs> Aretha Franklin out of Memphis. Dolly Parton out of Pitman. Uh, I do love a Dolly Parton song, uh, but... I don't know. I think this way this we want to focus more on the people you haven't heard of and the people yeah. who need some discovery and need some spotlight. Dolly Parton, you'll see at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction for some reason. Because the Hall of Fame is stupid. It's gotten worse and worse and yeah. worse. <laughs> uh, one band I did want to mention only because of the name. I love it. The love Tony it. Danza Tap Dance Extravaganza. Fantastic. It's such a good band name, but the music kind of sucks. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Who cares? Who if that's cares? on a billboard at your local bowling alley, you're going to stop and go see them. I would probably see them just to be able to say that I saw them. Yeah, you sit through a couple of songs, have a beer, and then yeah. you're gone. <laughs> oh, they're for um, sure. The Cyrus Sisters, uh, Kyle's favorite uh, artists. They have no talent whatsoever, especially (laughs) Noah. Yeah, Noah, I said it. All right. Uh, Address your hate mail to Kyle. Yeah. We also didn't bring up Justin Timberlake. Nope. The Allman Brothers, the Allman Brothers, Dwayne and Greg, they're from Tennessee. Of course, they they moved to Florida and then Georgia, but they're actually from here too. Those guys are crazy talented. Rest in peace. So... Yeah, you know, uh, Tennessee's a good music place, so a lot of good stuff on this playlist. Check it out, and, uh, you know, feel free to not let us know how you liked it. Yeah, please don't, but listen to the band, like I always say, if you don't like the show, you're definitely going to like the playlist if you like music. <laughs> we put a lot of good stuff on here, so. For sure. Yeah, that'll be cool, so. All right, well, until next week, uh, we'll see you guys later. Okay, see ya.